Good evening, everyone in Alberta, Canada, and beyond. It is Sunday. Sunday. Wow. Sunday, September 17th, 2023. And I'm Carrie Lambert, and I welcome you to an online webinar evening of Solutions for a New Alberta brought to you by the Alberta Prosperity Project, also known as APP. APP's purpose is to educate, inspire, and unite all Albertans, businesses, and organizations to protect their prosperity, individual freedoms, rights, and sovereignty by empowering the Alberta government to restructure Alberta's relationship with Canada. APP is membership-driven, and I'm going to put this up here in a second. Da, 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 da. ABP is membership driven with the goal of a million plus members to help steer the political process. APP memberships are one year for $20, two years for 30, three years for 40, or you can make a donation at albertaprosperityproject.com. Uh, we're also asking people to please register to establish Alberta's independence. And you can register at that at uh, bit.ly slash abvoteyes. Uh, and we've already got uh, well over 13,000 signatures based on that. You can also go to Alberta Vote Yes for a referendum to independence. Text yes to that number, 1-825-809-5447. And of course, due to the new Canadian censorship laws and unable to show news links in online content, we do ask that you share, share, share as this video as much as you possibly can. Tonight's episode is called Leave Our Kids Alone. And it's based on the hashtag 1 million March for children, as well as the hashtag leave our kids alone. And I will be joined by Mahmoud Mora, who is our participant in the Calgary March on Wednesday, September 20th. And I, of course, I will also be joined by Christopher Scott, the CEO of APP. And I am expecting that this will be a, a bit of a controversial topic tonight. I'd like to remind viewers that we do our best to educate Albertans. Uh, about particular topics, and of course, this happens to be a very hot topic right now. And since we all want to protect our children, and then and basically give them the rights of all Albertans, if you find this webinar inf informative, you may want to check out last Wednesday's September 13th webinar with Tasha Fishman. It's available on the ChrisCarryShow.com as well as Alberta Prosperity Projects Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter channels. This live webinar is, well, it is live, so we encourage you to ask questions and make comments throughout this presentation. Just put three question marks uh, before your question or comment, and it'll be flagged, and we can quickly view the questions. And with that, I'm going to bring on Mahmoud and Mr. Scott. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Kerry. Good evening, Kerry. How are you? Good. I'm I'm doing great. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting <laughs> few days uh, leading up to uh, to basically the uh, the one million march for children, uh, which takes place on Wednesday, uh, September twentieth, and it's across Canada. And uh, I'm actually just going to show the the website. And then I'm going to get Mahmoud to talk a little bit about how he got involved, what's his background, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and basically what, what is anticipated for the, the March itself. So with that, Mahmoud, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. First thing, first thing, I'd like to make a comment. Uh, this is one of the websites. There's two websites out there. Okay, okay. Indian March uh, for Children. This is with Dana Metcalf. Okay. Dana Metcalf. Uh, the second uh, website was hands off, uh, of hands off our kids was Camille Sheikh. As they okay. used to be, like you know, they're working together somehow. But nice to have a double uh, website out there for people to know and stuff. Uh, work hand in hand, arm in arm, 
side by side. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the websites. So there's another website about myself. I'm a father of five kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that's the second website, I believe. Okay. So I'm a father of five kids, Calgarian, lives in, uh, lives in Calgary for, uh, for the past 25 years. June 1st, when uh, Campaign Life sent an email encouraging people not to send their kids to school and many of the other parents who I believe we didn't send just kids our school to school. And uh, we heard about the story that took place in Edmonton school. Uh, mm-hmm. Muslim kids got bullied and okay. uh, by his teacher, uh, downgraded and stuff. And then she told him, you cannot be Canadian if you don't participate in Pride Month and so on. Yep. So this ignited us and Calgary was a, one of the first city in, I believe, Western Canada or in Canada to protest against what happened. And uh, we start from there protesting to because we do believe this is against our Canadian basic fundamental right. This is something we could determine or to decide if we want to participate or take a role in that or no. And uh, yeah, we start standing, taking the street after we emailed, exhausted ourselves, emailing Board of Education, um, schools, uh, education ministers and stuff and up to Trudeau level kind of federal to to protect somehow our freedom because we start believing we are losing our freedom gradually in a daily basis and they're taking away our freedom from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, wait a second. I have to interrupt for a second. Go ahead. <clears throat> You're writing all these letters and, and contacting all these people, but why? What's the problem? What is the big problem? What's, the what's, big what problem are they, what... have a teacher coming and telling a kid who's nine years old, if you don't participate, it was recorded conversation. You can't be in Canada. You need to come to the school because he decided to follow the campaign life message was sent for everybody. Don't send your kids to school. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know whose campaign life is, but I got the email like many other Canadians. If you don't agree with uh, Pride Month or the first day of Pride Month, don't send the kids to school. And uh, we circulated it. Okay. And that kid was bullied and harassed and integrated by that teacher. And we were asking why this happened. Luckily, he has a recording because many of those incidents took a place in Calgary's school or Edmonton school or in Alberta or Canada, right? But mm-hmm. was no recording to be brought to the surface as an evidence to prove the statement. And the conversation, I believe, uh, was all over the independent media, mainstream media as usual, hide the fact, hide the truth, but the recording out there. And this is, was the reason for many of us Muslim uh, to get involved and uh, we were surprised by the amount of the support we got we got from other communities and other people to stand with us in this matter okay so i'm let me let me see if i've got this correct so your faith uh prohibits uh you from exposing your children to um things that your faith condemns right and as does mine and in the school, you did, a child was was um, not sent to school the day they were celebrating these pride events and and those types of things. And then the te- the the student was accosted by the teacher and told that if they don't accept these values and beliefs, they're not Canadian and they can't be Canadian. Is that what I'm getting? It's not just that yes. they're trying to teach yeah. the kids about these things. They're telling the yeah. kid, yeah. hey, if Come you on. don't follow these principles and hold these values, then you're not Canadian. Yes. My, my concern wow. and many of other Muslim concerns, uh, Christopher, that's uh, like if the kid takes off school for any reason, nobody would ask question. Even mm-hmm. if he's sick or his mom died or his dad died, 
I don't think any people take concern about it. But because this happened against, or not against, he didn't participate, he didn't disrespect anyone. Many of the, our community didn't go to school that day because they don't want their kids to be exposed to that first day of the Pride Month, mm -hmm. which we have the right, I believe. There's no reason for the teacher to come and start degrading the student and talking about his face or how he believed. And go back to my religion. My religion, like, you know, uh, we have like age, I believe, when you get the puberty and stuff. So you, for you to be, to have a duty to pray, to have a duty to do things. So it's not like, you know, it's not like something we force. It's not about us even prohibited because this is not about faith. It's about a humanitarian thing, nature thing. Like there's some stuff I don't disclose to my son or to my daughter at young age till they are adult yeah. enough. Who mm -hmm. gives that teachers the right to come and talk to my son like less than 12 or nine or eight years old about some material, me and my wife, we cannot discuss it in front of him or, yeah. or talk to him about it. Do they still have, uh, basically you're signing letters of consent or something in school. I know when, uh, when I was going to school and even with my daughters going to school, when they were talking about sex ed and all that, you had to sign a form and say, yeah, I'm okay with it. And you know, do they still do that in school? No, they don't, because I'll tell you a little bit of history about the GSA, if you're familiar with it, Gay Straight Alliances. The conservative uh, government of Alberta passed the law within four hours. They did the first review, second review, third review. Within four hours, they passed it and they let it go. Uh, but when the NDP won by coincidence and took control over this province in 2015, first thing they did, they made GSA, uh, you don't have to report to the parent. So the issue with GSA is teaching the kids to lie to their parent. So that's the first evil mistake mm -hmm. or devil mistake to do, teaching the kid, the daughter or the son, to lie to his mom, to lie to his dad, and not tell them the truth. So if you join that GSA club, a janitor in school could know stuff about your son or your son's sexual wow. identity. Yeah. When you're a father or a mother, cannot know what's going on with your sexual, with your son's sexual life. This is this is something I believe doesn't matter what's your faith, what you believe, what kind of color you have. This is not right. This is absolutely yeah. not right. And that and that's law now. Sorry? Is that law now? It, it is a law now. And that's the problem, not just ESA. Now we have SOGI one, two, three in place. Yeah. And every teacher, because like let me be flat right, Alberta Teacher of Association. So they're all a kind of into the LGBT, so we have like, let's say one month pride, you go yeah. to their Facebook or social media platform, they celebrate the pride the whole year. Like we don't have a Christmas time, like we don't have any other- Oh, there's flags everywhere. Sorry? All, <clears throat> there's flags up in the schools all over the place. No, but if Every you watch, we're talking, we're talking Alberta Teacher Association, so like at least they should be fair. Celebrate something about Thanksgiving, something about Christmas, not year around and promoting that stuff, which is, honestly, I believe, I don't care whatever you wanna do. Like, I love Canada, I came here, yeah. and I love like seeing people from different color, from different faiths. First yeah. time I saw a Jewish guy, my heart was bouncing. And then we became friends, we started seeing people from different corner and learning how to accept each others. But like now, no one has the right to come to your house and tell you where to put your TV. Where, yeah. when now did you someone come to Canada? Help to tell you what to teach your son. This is not right. When did you come to Canada? How long have you have you been here? Since two thousand and one. Since two thousand and one. So you've been here for twenty, almost twenty three years. 
23 years almost yet. How do, how does that make you feel being in Canada, a place where you you left your previous life to come here to build a better life I'm assuming. How does it make you feel to know that people in positions of authority are telling children that they have to accept their beliefs and values to be Canadian? I believe uh, this is what I ran from. Mm. First of all, let me differentiate between two things. There's different between immigrant and refugee. Most of us are immigrant. Immigrant, a person willingly trying to sacrifice everything he has from his history, from valuable, from a place he grew up and memory and seek a better place for his kids, for his family. A refugee run from war, run for his life, and they have special conditions. So, so as an immigrant who I came here, I was seeking better place to raise my kids, and I called Canada heaven for me. Yeah. But I'll be honest with you, coming from a shithole place, from a place I call it corrupted dictatorship, and uh, to a certain level, I came from Lebanon, which is like a little bit better than other Middle Eastern regimes. And I could see Canada as a Canadian who has been here for 23 years. Canada going is the same way. And there's a, a recent regime we have. We're going the same way like those Middle Eastern regime we have. They're taking us in the same uh, pass. They're taking our freedom away. There's no authority for any teacher to come to talk to a student the way she, this teacher talked to this kid. And what bothered me the most, there's no consequences. So like for me to get a charge was criminal harassment based on some Facebook and been accused, um, affiliated with white supremacists and whatever's that, uh, trying to play all this game. So just because we hold couple protests in Calgary and a teacher literally, she did degrade a student who's nine years old. So this thing's gonna live with them for, I don't know how long, Nobody's even talking about it. Mm -hmm. Even the, uh, the left, the radical left, or the people who support her, who support her is not even talking about it. Mm -hmm. There's the main issue here. And she's not the first student. Like we need to know what's going on behind those glass door in our schools. Because mm -hmm. I do believe those teachers, when there's no consequences for their, for their action, they are willing to do more harm to our kids. And only God knows the, the future, what would tell us and how bad we were as parents, neglecting our kids, trusting our kids to those teachers without checking what's going on in these schools. Yeah. And Hope asks, how do people not know what's going on in school? Why isn't the state media covering it? Oh, never mind. Rhetorical question. And it's true because the only way that uh, CBC, CTV, Global, etc. will be covering that is if they're told that they should be able to cover that. And they're not. They're definitely not or covering or carry if they yeah. have people that they know are going to be causing problems there so they can catch something that looks like it's violence and then and then tell canadians that you know are are standing up for kids is just uh it's anti something right yeah, yeah. and that's it's one of the cool. things that i saw in the paper was that it's an anti-sexual minority protest like what, well, a, what a if you want to look at it chris uh, christopher another way when uh, when i wore the t-shirt and stood up beside an MP that day when we have the stampede to breakfast was all what's going on in our country, financial stress, housing, refugee out of places, Canadian veteran has no place to sleep or to eat and stuff. All yeah. that stuff wasn't a big deal for the mainstream medias. Just to have my picture was uh, Jazz Raj Allen, an MP in a conservative party. And they did the unison attack from coast to coast, called me all the names in the book and stuff, which is what's good because this is give credit to for what we did is right. So they gave me the publicity backfire on them. I do yeah. believe uh, 
thank God uh, Pierre and uh, Pierre Polievre and uh, Jazz Raj Allen, they didn't distance themselves from us because this was going to be ugly and not good. And uh, as I said before, the mainstream media is failing Canadian at every level. They only covering what there's uh, best interest for them or controversial subject to give mm -hmm. them uh, yeah. more hint or more trend. Like they're acting like a small child who's trying to have a TikTok account. You want yeah. more viewers. That's it. Yeah. What was the T-shirt? T-shirt that says on it, like we have Canadian flag and that family was the umbrella protection oh, from yes. uh, the rainbow yes. and leave yeah. our kids alone. This was our slogan for the protest we started in Calgary. And the funniest part, I want to encourage everybody to teach his kids. That day, we were going to breakfast. My son wore that shirt because I got him one. He's 14 years old. We left. I have different shirts. He said, why don't you match me and wear the same shirt as me? I have no intention to instigate any problem. It didn't come from my mind. My son wore that shirt. It was Sunday, so I wear the shirt, same shirt to match my son. And we went to that uh, breakfast. Breakfast was clean intention. I have no discussed any info with the MP or anyone. In fact, I didn't talk much about my charge to no one that day, but the media decide to take it out of control. And then, uh, yeah, they do that. Yeah. And then the funny part, they did the huge attack, which is okay. <laughs> Our kids worth it, I believe. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, let's get down to some brass tacks here. So do you have a problem with or take issue with members of different sexual minority communities? Do I have a problem with the anyone? People, with the people. With the people. Can I put it in a different, Christopher, in a different term? I have yeah. uh, five kids. Yeah. Let's say tomorrow my 15 years old kids comes and tell me he's gay. Am I happy about it? Absolutely no. But do I support my son? Absolutely yes. And I'll stand beside him. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who decided to have kids in the first place. I'm the one who stood up beside my son when no media was there, yeah. when no politician was there, or no teachers were there, or any board of education. I'm the one who will be there when my son need me. Even yeah. like what's happening in our society, you could see all those people, the human right or those uh, child welfare or the socialists and stuff, they jump when there's incident take place. They jump as much as the picture is effective. So if there's a Post, they'll act about it one month, two months. After that, that person who they're trying to support and help is just a file sitting in some door in some place. Nobody even care about that person. Even my son, when he goes to that school, he knows that teacher. Even when he comes home and I tell him ABC, he tells me, no, my teacher said CD or XYZ. That same teacher in 10 years, she's not gonna, she's not going to remember his name. So I have no issue with anyone what kind of sexual identity he is or what he wants to do or what he decides to do in his life. All mm -hmm. my concern is below the legal age, below 18, below that normal age when the person decides what's hot, what's cold, what's money, what's drugs, what's tough. When a person cannot vote, cannot even have a tattoo, he shouldn't <clears> be <throat> able to determine what his pronoun is or what his sexual identity is. And they're taking it too far, like a drag queer show in a public libraries they yeah. choose the age of the kid from two to eight years old <clears throat> are we paying attention so it doesn't matter if you're conservative brainwashing whatever you call it and those are brainwashing our kids from two to eight years old my son till now he still think of thomas thomas that train that's right yeah. the train when he was young 
So yeah. like, why why don't you call him a train at that time and paint him blue and put red in his ears and stuff? Yeah. These guys they have they have the they have no logic. They don't understand. And I'll be honest with you, they have uh, they need our help. I do yeah. say all the time, and allow me to say this: they keep saying love when and they are the people of the love. The second we disagree with them, as, as you know, what happened with Trudeau when he wanted to come to our mosque, we have. As I am a Muslim Sunni, we have the biggest Islamic center in Western Canada, Akram Jama Center. Luckily, our people, our management didn't allow him to come. So he went to a small place and he went and met with some Muslim leader. And he exposed himself when he said it's the worst nightmare for the radical left to have the hated minority turning their back on each other. He meant the LGBT and the Muslims. But what kind of prime ministers? He trying to divide his society and community and telling you, you're my enemy, he's your ally, and so on, because he wants to create division for uh, for him to be in power. As long as we're divided, he's controlling us. And that's what they are doing. You know, I uh, I have a bit, of, uh, it's an embarrassing confession that I'm going to make here. A few years ago, well, quite a few years ago, there was this narrative in the media and on social media that you know, Muslims were coming to take over Canada. I don't know if you remember going through that. I remember watching this unfold before my eyes. And 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 I'm a Christian. And according to our our holy books, the Bible and the Quran, um, the sons of Ishmael and the sons of Isaac will be at each other's heels until the end of time. That's the way it is. But the interesting thing is we're talking about something that we have in common, and that's our children. We love our children. You're saying things that are exactly the same as what I say, which is I don't, have a problem with other people or different types of people. I have a problem with them pushing their views and their values on my children because that's, you know, I'm supposed to protect them. And in a way, it's embarrassing for me that I got, you know, I allowed the media to change the way I viewed the world, right? Like I was worried, you know, is this actually happening? But it was never happening at all. What was happening was somebody was shaking the jar with us ants in it and making mm -hmm. us fight amongst each other. <clears throat> and that's been happening for years. But now this interesting thing has happened. You just mentioned that our prime minister is, is divisive. He's actually actively dividing people. And we saw this through the last uh, three years, especially with the convoy, him telling people, you know, if you're unvaccinated, how dare you sit on a bus with a vaccinated, you know, this is a problem of the unvaccinated, Jason Kenney said. And these leaders they took the jar and they shook it up and they made us fight amongst each other. Meanwhile, this was starting. This was coming into our school and we were so busy yeah. worrying about who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated, who's a Muslim, who's a Christian, that these people were out from the outside were swooping in and uh, starting to prey on our children. Yeah. So I, I got to say kudos to you for uh, paying attention and standing up and saying something about this because very few people do. Very few, you know, and, and we were we were even saying that now it's uh, now that it's kind of come to light what's actually being taught in schools. It's almost impossible for us as parents to get in into the schools to number one see it and number two to make any comments about it. Yeah, you've seen multiple videos where they've gone to school boards and people are standing up in front and you know there was that one where the girl was uh, dressed up as a cat and she identifies as a cat. Blah blah blah. I the only way she was able to get. She was the only way she was able to get in front of the administration was to dress up as a cat and go to one of these meetings. We almost have to do those extremes now because 
I, you know, when my daughters were in school, I used to be one of those dads that would go in and help out. You know, they always asked for volunteers and I was able to do that. I don't think they do that anymore. Right. I'm going to tell you something, Kerry, even if yeah. they do the yeah. financial stress you have, yeah. uh, the, the, Mr. Trudeau put us in as their crime minister. Yeah. Most of us parents are struggling to provide food on the tables yeah. of their kids. That's right. So we're running and we're stressed and stuff. Yeah. And those unions all run by uh, some individuals. Either they don't have no kids, they have nothing of their life, they have no objective. While yeah. like you and I have three or four kids or two kids trying to work hard to provide, look after your family. And this is what's happening. And I'm mm -hmm. going to say something about my Muslim community as a Muslim or minorities. They call us. We're not minority. We're Muslim community. And I hate this is disrespectful for me when they put me as the same level at what they call 2%, which is I don't believe they're 2%. But mm -hmm. let me go with that flow and say they are 2%. They cannot put me in that boat with them. It's so disrespectful for us when they try to treat us like we are victims. We mm -hmm. all, they always want me to believe there is a partial Canadian group. They want you out of this country. They want to kill you. They call them one day freedom movement, one day white supremacist, one day they're Christian, one day far right, far left. What these people, the divisive mentality, they make us Muslim when we come to this country believe we are victims. We believe we have to play the victim card every time. And some of us do believe it, but the, the good thing now we wake up, we, like a lot of us woke up after what happened to that kid. Josh Alexander did face the same challenge, but we didn't engage much. Personally, I did, but as a community, we didn't. And we're connected. We're a strong block. We move together. We work together. We, commun we communicate from coast to coast. And as many of you know, what happened in Calgary, when you and I arguing, let's say you're Jewish, he's Christian, I'm Muslim. We're arguing about which way to worship God or to believe in God. While we're fighting in this matter, the dark left coming to our school, biggest example was Nahid Nanshi did to us. Nahid Nanshi, when he won the mayor election, he won by going to grade nine and 10 uh, school and talking about himself. He was a teacher at Mount Royal, presenting himself as a good example. And most of them parents, when they went to vote, vote based on the advice of those kids. Yeah. Especially if you're a teacher and poison them kids' mind. So once they have the ability to vote, they're going to vote for you. And that's how we got in. Now we have Gondek, another example. We need to pay attention to our kids. We need to be part of our kids. Yes, there's a way to volunteer, but we're not paying attention. That's why most of those committees run by the radical left. Most of those uh, uh, school board or school trustee, each and every one of us fight for his kids' interest. But how many of us sitting in a school board? I can guarantee you not many. Yeah. And that's why we're behind, beyond, like <laughs> behind, and we're not paying attention. So now I hope parents get involved. Yeah. Homeschool is not solution, the solution. I did homeschooling since 2016, but now we're facing challenge. My son going to high school, and we're we're debating what to do because, like, since 2016, when uh, GSA comes into kind of make it secret and stuff, my wife and I decided to take our kids out of out of school. We did homeschooling. Thank God, like, there's women in this earth. To do the job because there's no transgender i would never be able to become a woman if it wasn't because of my wife taking care of my kids let's face this yeah. reality yeah. i could have long hair i could call myself angelina jolie but the sad reality i would be a man biological man i don't care what i call myself so yeah my wife did a great job raising our kids and uh this is a challenge and i believe as canadian we need to get involved we need to participate and take our right back 
Like I know Scott Moe, Saskatchewan, or Winnipeg, or Ontario, they given us they given us partially some right. Yeah, as we're protecting the parental right. You're not protecting. You're giving some of my right back. Our right, it's hundred percent our right to protect and preserve our kids' uh, freedom and choice of what to do. We brought them to this life. We are responsible for them. You understand? Yeah. This is what I think we need to understand. Our fundamental right. No one could ask us what to do with our kids and how to raise them and what to tell them. Yeah. Okay, so on that note, um, I'll play devil's advocate here. How would you respond to somebody from the other side that said to you, well, what about my right to have my lifestyle <laughs> broadcast to kids? Like, why shouldn't kids know about my sexual lifestyle? Uh, I, I love the idea. Uh, in fact, I don't mind. But uh, do I go to school and talk to them kids about uh, Christianity, Judaism, Islamic, or talk to them about the straight uh, life people, like, What's happening? Kids at minor age should be focusing on what learning, like academic, math, science, stuff like this. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. how it been. What happened was our 18 movie. What happened was uh, 18 plus show. We, now, like, if you want to expose the kids to this matters, like I heard NBC, one teacher gave the homework to 12 years old, 13 years old kids to go find a secret spot at home to practice uh, stuff we're not yeah. supposed to practice. I don't want to say the word. What kind of homework is that? This yeah. is this is sickening. This is I've actually, yeah, I've heard it's actually younger than I that. Watched the article. Under eight to find yeah. a secret spot at home. Yeah, and to tell her where the spot and how did they feel? This is the, yeah. by all means, like you know, if you have your own kid, which is I don't mind. You want to do whatever you want to do with your son, teach him whatever you want to teach him, or your daughter. Go have a private school for them and teach them all what you want. Mm -hmm. There's no right for you when you're a pro-abortion, decide to kill those unborn baby to come into my life and tell me how to teach my kids and how to raise my kids. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. You have no say in someone else's kid's life. That's what I believe. So you're saying you, you want the moral questions to be uh, left to the families. Families Absolutely. should be bringing their ch children up in the moral, with the moral guidance that the family believes is the correct one. And not just about what the family believe, about what's right. Like, I believe the normal thing to do, let the kids learn. As a parent, I'm a Muslim guy. Do you think I'm gonna go talk to my daughter, she's 12, 13, about what sexual identity and stuff like this? Mm -hmm. I won't. At this certain age or eight or 10, my son or my young daughter, she still think of Sarah and Frozen and how she yeah. could become a queen and she's eight years old. You want me to go tell her, no, like you could be a woman or, or a boy or you're too handsome to be a girl, you should be a boy. What kind of thing we're teaching our kids? Or bring her to a show when you have a, a drag queer show, a huge giant male hanging his ball between his legs, stripping and dancing in front of my daughter to teach her inclusivity. This, mm. is, this is sick. This is like, I'm, I'm not saying like, because I'm Muslim, forget the face part. I'm a human being. This is, doesn't make sense at any level. And what happened in hundred years from now, people, even history is gonna forgive us for what we did, for letting some such a thing happen to our kids and us watching it and being silent about it. So here's the question. The, the, the million dollar question is, what does the Million March for Children hope to accomplish? Million March for Children is the first step in the right path. So I believe what's before September 20 is going to be different than after September 20. Okay. Uh, there's not even just one person going to protest. People going out to tell each and every authority out there, our kids 
are the gift from God, mm -hmm. our job to protect them and to uh, have them safe and secure in this country we call home, Canada, mm -hmm. we call heaven. So I believe that a politician underestimating our power when everybody takes the street and Wednesday, not sending our kids to school, sending a clear, clear message to every politician out there that our kids, our right, we have the right to protect them, to raise them the way we think is fit for this country, as they will get the message. As much as they're trying to act like nothing happened from television, the biggest liar device we have in our homes or the mainstream media, as much as trying to ignore, the message will be out clear to let everybody knows there's angry parent taking down the street and they will do anything with every possible way, legal way to protect their kids. And this is one step. It's not the final, just a start. So a question just came up, and my apologies, I deleted it, but I'm going to ask the question uh, <laughs> because I deleted it. Uh, the question was, do, is this march only happening in Canada or is it happening across the world? Uh, from what I heard, like there's some people in the United States trying to engage, and I see that some people in Lebanon now, they're trying to copy my hometown. They're trying wow. to copy us. Some yeah. people, even though Italy... Uh, the law in Italy forbid and prohibited any uh, LGBT stuff, but some people trying to engage in stuff. So, like, I do believe the same thing that convoy, the truckers did that movement when they planted uh, hope in a lot of people's uh, chests and mind all over the universe. I mm -hmm. believe this is the right path to do and will be the ignite the same way Calgary, Alberta did for the rest of Canada. I believe Canada will do for the whole universe. Now, when we're waking up people against this satanic agenda that taking a place and we will be able to tell people uh, no one cares about the kids more than his parents. So looking at the schedule that's just up on the screen here, school walk out at nine and the march starts at 11. So do you want to maybe explain a little bit about what what you're anticipating parents do on that so, day? Uh, I'm advising and we have a we have a what's called a draft letter to send to the school, why our kids didn't go to school, to let the school know. And uh, main importantly, each city work on uh, kind of like, you know, when you go to that, uh, like Callaway Park, that game, when you hit the rabbit here, and then it pops out <laughs> from here. Yeah. So what I could tell you now, uh, Trudeau and his strategic team and uh, all that devil surrounding him, uh, they're not going to be able to paint colors, this uh, movement with any color. So they cannot call it far right or white supremacist or extremist Muslim or so on, because from all different faiths and race, the Canadian uh, mosaic we have here. So uh, each city has their own way of doing things. So in Calgary, I could tell you, uh, we're doing it in front of Harry Hayes building. Since okay. the city mayor have some uh, trespassing notes against some of our brothers from the Christian community, if they go into city properties, they'll be charged. So we're doing it in front of the Harry Hayes building, the federal building. And our protest uh, will start from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. Uh, there's two march will be taking place. First one from 11 to 12. Second one from 2 till 3. Okay. We're going to do one before noon, one afternoon for those people who cannot take off full day off work. Uh, other cities and town, everybody decide on his own what to do it because some places you're allowed to do it in front of City Hall. Mm -hmm. Some places in front of the legislators and go on. So we have the freedom for everyone to do it. And my advice for every parent, because like say, oh, in Northern Alberta, there's no 
protest their small town and nobody. Take your kids out of school and go protest in front of that school or in front of the like police station or something. Let people know that we are taking a stand with this part of this one million march, delivering a stronger voice that our kids should be left alone. Carrie, okay. can you bring up a comment? Uh, it's a little bit back there. Sure. HM is the yeah. commenter. Yeah. And the comment There's says, I feel so bad for parents, blah, blah, blah. Uh, how about that one? Yeah. So HM says, I feel so bad for these parents that are mm -hmm. so scared of their kids being educated about LGBT. I hope they can find a way to isolate their children from the diversity of humans and ensure they are completely uneducated when they turn 18 and go into the world. So I'll respond to that first. I'm sure that uh, both the other gentlemen here have something to say as well. Yeah. I'm not scared of my kids being educated about LGBT. I'm concerned that it, uh, that it seems to be that the school system uh, and places of authority are telling our children that if they don't agree with these things, they're not Canadian, for example. Mm -hmm. I'm concerned that the line is being crossed from education to indoctrination yeah, yeah. education is saying okay you know science i'm big on science by the way even though i just flip burgers science says that yeah there are some people that are born with both male and female chromosomes that's a science thing that's a fact you can't argue with that it's nothing to do with your feelings and i'm fine with biology class telling my children that yes some people are born like that and they could be assigned the wrong gender at birth because they have both chromosomes. That's the way it is. It's mm -hmm. nature. It's creation. That's different from having flashcards that tell kids what felching is yeah. or how to masturbate with fruits and vegetables. That is crossing the line. That's not education. That's indoctrination. That's mm -hmm. brainwashing. That's conditioning. Yeah. I have no problem with my kids learning that people can be different and we have to accept them. I have a problem right now with my kids coming home and saying things like, for instance, half my class is trans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pardon me. No, they're not. Half the class says they're trans because they're getting all the attention right now. That's what I have a problem with. I mean, if you, if you want to talk about facts, fill your boots, educate away teach people to be inclusive and accept diversity and, and accept people for who they are. But don't you dare tell me that my child has to promote or advocate for somebody else's lifestyle or something that I don't agree with, or my family doesn't agree with. That's the difference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you, the thing that, uh, that we'll call it the other side, and I hate saying sides, but the other side says is that we hate them or we hate uh, trans or, or bi or gay or whatever you need to do. And that is not what this is all about. This, this whole conversation is about like what Chris was just saying about the indoctrination and going into school and right from kindergarten, you're told you have to pick a pronoun and, uh, and we're going to give you a coloring book that looks like a gingerbread man. And you tell me, do you feel more like a boy or a girl today? What That's the, heck? the thing. What the yeah. heck? I don't know what my pronouns are. I just want to poke dead birds with sticks and eat my boogers. <laughs> well, at that at that age, that's all you should be doing, right? You know what I could say, Carrie. Uh, I love yeah. what Chris said, but I like to add one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, my point: we're not afraid. I know how to raise my son or yeah. my daughter. I know what I told them. 
but I don't want the confusion to get to their head because yeah. uh, creating confusion is not educational anymore. Yeah. And what my main concern as a parent, the second the teacher tells my son, do not tell your mom or your dad, yes. that's yeah. something they need to tell me. You that's cannot right. teach my son to lie to me and yeah. tell me this is something because you know better. And I'm going to be like so, so like so flat about it. Most of those teachers, their higher grade was low. And that's why they became teacher. And now all of a sudden they're acting God. They're trying to tell you're too cute to be a boy, you should be a girl, or you're too like too handsome to be a girl, or you're masculine, you should be a boy. They have, they're not their business. And I live from there. And the main concern for me, taking that age restriction out of the vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Now they came with a new term, the government of Canada, when Mr. Trudeau in 2016 passed the new maid that anyone could decide to kill himself, which is I'd still call it killing yourself. You know what's made as medical assistant in dying. Yeah. So now they're coming with a new thing, and I believe they want to vote on it in March 2024. A mature minor. Mature yeah. minor. So you're going to take the 18 years old age out of the vocabulary now. You could have a 12 years old kids. He could determine want to kill himself or do something. This is the gate to take that restriction out. And all of a sudden, at 12 years old, your girl, she could tell you, I'm okay to have a relation with someone who's 30 years old because I'm a mature minor. How could you know you do why they're doing that? Because there's a lot of very rich and powerful people that would go to jail under the current laws. Yeah. Yes. Now and is that is that is that going to be a federal? They're trying law? to give a safe exit for these people. When they that's why we're afraid. That's why we're not afraid from what's happened from the LGBT. And the sad reality. I'm going to be honest with you. The transgender difference than transsexual. Like now you have a guy was like he announced himself. Let's get say lesbian. And he become a woman and loves women. So what the heck? Stay male, yeah. and you're yeah. so that didn't make sense in the first place. And you know, like he act like women, and all of a sudden he's with women. He's lesbian. It doesn't make sense. It's not my business. I don't want to go into people's life. You're 18 and above. By all means, have at it. Let the kids be kids. We're not afraid of you. But sadly, there's some politician. There's someone who's trying to divide this country. We had before Eastern, Western, Canadian, conservative, liberal, whatever you call it vaccinated and vaccinated now we came to this level of division yep. and they trying to keep us under their control like chris said it earlier but we cannot let anyone any anyone take control of our kids while we're still alive because this is, doesn't make any sense we're here to provide them with safety security and food on their table and they should listen to us we should be part of their uh, life and the decisions they take you said it earlier they're trying to make victims out of this class of people so that they can pretend they're, they're protecting them and feel virtuous. I mean, the government of Canada, I don't know if you know this, the government of Canada has issued a travel warning to people of LGBTQ2+, whatever, um, for the United States, because they, and they give no details, but because their life may be threatened if they travel to certain places as a LGBT per person. They're actually convincing people that their lives are at risk because of that. Now, I will, I will admit, probably 30 years ago, 40 years ago, someone's life could be at risk because they were a member of a different sexual class or sexual community. That that I mean, we've I'd like to think that we've become more enlightened since we beat up people for being gay. Not we personally, but you know, society that people were treated like that. Mm -hmm. And in and, and your home where you're from, it was hit much worse. But okay. even the Muslim community has become much more accepting and progressive and loving of people who are different and we no longer do those things so this whole idea that 
you know, the, the, the politicians can tell this group of people that they're victims. We hate them. And the only way to save themselves is to vote for them. That's what's happening here. And then they feel, oh, we're, we're so progressive and, and so virtuous for this. It's absolutely, absolutely. And that's what I heard. Like Trudeau's doing it, uh, doing it very, very effective in a way to, to keep the society divided and having a lot of people. So that's why when he felt he lost some control of the Muslim with this matter, uh, I guess he's trying to react. Like, I'm going to say something to my LGBT community, whatever. I hope some of them listen. They're being used and they are the biggest victim of their action. Yeah. Because what they're doing for every action, there's reaction. If some of them straight headed comes out and said, what happened to Josh Alexander in his school or to other people, what happened and how's it been bullied? The kids, he's minor. He's been kicked out out of school. This shouldn't happen in Canada. He's entitled to what he believes, to what he thinks is right or wrong. So in fact, they're doing the right thing. They want to attack in defensive mode. And this is, this is not right. And this has caused them backlash. Even people start questioning why we need to support them that much blindly why is they're not coming out to say leave the kids alone what we're asking is not hard even leave as 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 a straight man i'm not gonna go to a straight transgender or lgbt kids or whatever kids and tell them you have to be like me or you have to believe what i believe so you leave you leave for me what i believe in and i'll leave for you what you believe and let's live together but mm -hmm. the sad reality is they do have a special agenda I do believe it. I could see it. I could feel it. Yeah. And this is what make us wonder what's going on. Is this what, what push us to protest more and call for this one million event? I wasn't the main guy who called for it. It was Kamil Sheikh, I believe, in Ottawa. And then they called for it. And then and it went from there. And I'm taking part of it here in Calgary. And in Alberta, a lot of us working to make this mission successful, to protect our kids and to protect our future generation as Canadian. You mentioned uh, what what they're doing, and there's some agenda. Uh, I can't remember exactly how how it goes, but there's a is that the the communist handbook or the Marxist handbook, Kerry? Do you remember we've referenced it before? There's actually a section Mark in there talking yeah. about confusing children and taking away gender. Yeah, yes. And it's interesting. Like a lot of the things that are happening right now are it's like they're they're straight out of the communist handbook. How to put a society into chaos to the point where they beg for their enslavement through communism. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we've ticked off so many of those, those boxes right now, it's almost impossible not to make some sort of a correlation and wonder what's, what's going on. You, I couldn't name it better. I call it communist and it's at the best shape and form and half of our societies, like, you know, before the NDP one, we used to have like 10 to 12% people living on social service. Now I believe up to 40% of Albertan living in social service and a service. And I can tell you one thing, when people get used to sit at home and make money without working, they love it. And mm -hmm. they live with it forever. And these people are the same one to jump from social service to another social service. But before we used to be workaholic people, we used to be proud of who we are and the sad reality. We feel our society collapse in front of our eyes. And I'm going to say, I came from a different part of the universe. I know what corruption looked like. I know what dictatorship looked like. And I could see Canada coming the same way. Back home, they torture you. They pull your nail out of your hand. They whip you. They do many things. Here's their torture you by throwing a lawsuit at you, at you, charging you for anything. And so, like, there's so many ways of doing it without you knowing I never heard it in Canada could happen. You've been prohibited from attending any protest. Where's the freedom of speech? Where's mm -hmm. the freedom of gathering? 
and or like what this uh, city mayor did. If any pride event taking place within 200 meters or 100 meters, you cannot come and protest yeah. against them. And while we have a protest, they could come and counter protest and segregate into us and cost us all the problem. What yeah. kind of freedom? What kind of selective freedom? This is happening in this country. We once we called it free and strong. And sad reality, there's a lot of Canadians are so busy working to provide their kids with food, to worry about what's tomorrow, what kind of bill we're paying, what yeah. happening, and uh, they're taking up for they're taking us for a ride. And you know, I've, are, I've said that quite often about even Justin Trudeau's uh, daycare policy, where it's ten dollars a day for daycare. We're in such a situation now that we you need two parents working or at least two incomes in order to, to, to do something and, and provide for your, your kids. And it looks like the government's come in and, and is going to save the day by providing $10 daycare. Well, you know what, for 10 bucks, yeah, take my kid. But we know exactly what that $10 in daycare is doing. It's basically putting, putting the kids right into the, the, the palm of the, uh, of the government. And, uh, and, and I can only imagine what those kids will be like growing up in the next few years. Yeah. HM uh, says uh, something about, what does he say? There's a lot of comments today. Lots oh, it says cap capitalism is, I'm assuming capitalism isn't any better. Wouldn't it be great if Coca-Cola sponsored our kids' education? Yeah. You know, HM, I would, I would encourage you, if you believe that capitalism is evil and socialism will fix all of your problems, Go live in a socialist, a heavy, heavily socialist or communist country. Uh, Venezuela is great this time of year, and uh, yeah, I, I just try it out. You'll, I'm, I hope you like it. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a, a lot, a lot of, a lot of comments. HM is definitely uh, <laughs> making comments like crazy. Um, that's fine. I mean, it's obviously. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, I actually, heard him. They are yeah. on the other other side of this conversation. Yeah, and you and know then, what? At I the actually, very least, at the very least, I hope that the people that are uh, on the opposite side of this than we are, I hope they at least understand that nobody hates them, nobody no. wants to harm them. We just want our kids to be left alone. We don't want our kids to be exposed to things that we don't feel are appropriate, that's and that's exactly. the end of it. And I, I don't. I can't see how anyone should have a problem with that, but apparently some do. And like, it wouldn't matter what me Chris to, to share something with, uh, with my fellow uh, Canadian brother and sister from the LGBT or whatever they announce themselves. This life is not just about a temporary part-time session. You're going to live 10 to 20 years old, like uh, 10 to 20 during your middle age, like from your 20 to 40. After this, there's elders going to get age is going to kick in and a lot of stuff going to kick in and what's after some of them they're just looking at what's going on now and they're forgetting what's going to happen after there's a lot of things on the go and i'm going to say it there's a lot of them that, that anytime you talk i have a friend who's gays who is like transgender and stuff some of them like they didn't like what happening now but some of them that gray is as a uh, what's called gay against groomers they're supporting us coming yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, with us, and i respect them and i respect the fact the standing for the truth. But what's going to happen after for these people? A lot of them, they keep saying they're killing themselves. You'd rather to have a, de a dead uh, boy or a transgender girl. But that kid, it's killed already. The second I'm going to agree with them. Mm -hmm. You know, I know there's non-binary kids, like Chris said early, and this is science. But that dysphoria, children dysphoria, whatever they're trying to tell me, or whatever trying to educate me and tell me that it exists. Let's say I believe it exists. 
what's after look how many of them got older there's not many and uh keep telling me data and stuff they don't tell us data because the one who's writing the data is lying to us those one who's mm -hmm. imputing this data they're not telling us the truth how many vaccine injury out there there are thousand how many person talked about it nobody because it depends it depend on the source and when that the higher power wants the subject to be known to people you yeah. know like over 33,000 people in 2021 were killed by mate mm -hmm. it's higher risks than that's corona ridiculous. for god's sake sorry that's ridiculous that yeah number, nobody know. even talking about it so yeah. for my brothers and sisters from the lgbt community before you make a decision take a decision and do something irreversible that costs you harm for the rest of your life think about it not twice not three times hundred times and a lot of them kids rushing to do it because all the advantage, all the attention they're getting, yeah. all the stuff they're being pushed into. I know a friend of mine, like he lost everything. After he has uh, three kids, divorced his wife, became a woman. Now he has no place to stay. He's lost in every way as possible. Lost his kids, lost his family. His dad died because of the amount of pressure he faced. And mm -hmm. at the end, everybody lost. And where's those uh, organization? Where's those politician? Where's the LGBT community come and stand for him and support them? They're just good behind the keyboard pusher or doing a protest here and there and making noise. But when they go home, everybody live by himself. No one to stand beside him. No one to sit beside him. Not even no one to support him financially with the drugs he wanted to purchase next day to feel less pain. This is yeah. a sad reality. Yeah. And that's a story we hear often. So. <clears throat> Are you, uh, have you heard about the Alberta Prosperity Project? Do you know what we're all about? Actually, no. I believe we met once and uh, you and I, I met you. I remember seeing the face uh, when we met uh, at the protest downtown. You spoke that time. I'm anti-vaccine. I never attended any, I never took vaccine. Mm -hmm. But I, as long as I'm in Canada, I never missed any Saturday, those uh, freedom movement protests yeah. against the vaccine. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming. That was it was kind of it was a fun and exciting time. Uh, one time I remember there was close to 10,000 people down there. That was exciting. Yeah. So yeah. what the Alberta Prosperity Project is, we're an educational society and we want to educate Albertans as to the merits and the rationale of Alberta independence. Now, Alberta independence for some people is a it's a scary thing. But really what we're looking for is sovereignty over our own futures as, as Albertans. We want to be sovereign in these matters in that we want to be able to choose where our children go to school and how they're schooled and how they're educated and what's in the curriculum. We want to be responsible for how we manage our resources and our energy and those types of things. So we want sovereignty both as a province and as individuals, which is kind of what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. And one of the tools that could be used to achieve that is independence. So I want to I want to mention to the folks out there, one of the things that we're advocating for, whether or not we're at the point of a referendum on independence, is that we want funding to follow the student. Yes. And I'm not just talking about the nine hundred and eighty dollars that you get for homeschooling. I'm talking about the twenty six thousand dollars or whatever per year that it costs you to have your kids in school. So. Mm -hmm. You know, if your school, your kid's school was pushing all these things and you found out that they told your child that they weren't Canadian or Canadian enough if they didn't attend Pride Day, you could pull your child out of school, have the funding follow them. And in, in essence, you would you would be uh, voting with your wallet when it comes to your child's school. And the reason we want to do that is because we believe that uh, family units, when family units are stronger and families raise the children, 
we're more prosperous for it. Because anytime we see the government getting involved in raising children, like the, when the government raises children, it doesn't go well because they're just chess, they're just pawns. They're just they're they're virtue signaling uh, stories on the on the internet or in the newspaper, right? So that's one of the things that we talk about with the Alberta Prosperity Project, and one of the ways that we want to take back the sovereignty that we already have yeah. uh, as as family as parents of our children. So. I just wanted to throw that out there because uh, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the show is because when we see people that are standing up against this indoctrination, we always want to propose a solution. And that's our solution is that uh, if the government pulls their dirty, sticky little fingers out of these things and we are sovereign over our own families, these yeah. problems cease to exist. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. And also I, I talk longly. <laughs> No, you did not. The uh, the big thing that we've we've discovered is a lot of this stuff that is being pushed on on us as Albertans and and kids and is 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 federal federal jurisdiction and it, it's not even their yeah. jurisdiction. As an example, like healthcare, you know, telling us that we uh, you have to get a jab in order to continue life. Well, that would be a provincial responsibility, but it was basically the feds that said, no, you know what, you have to do it or you can't go traveling. You can't go across the border. You can't. Uh, you can't yep. get a, a job in it with a with a company that you know. You you, you got to fly around or, or travel or whatever you want to do, and that's how they're, they're doing it with education too, Carrie. Yeah, and and exactly yep. with education. So if you don't do SOGI in your school, you don't get this federal grant for more. You don't get the funding, school. and and that's a big thing that we were talking about too. Is that it seems like churches and and probably mosques too. I'm assuming. Uh, as well as educational uh, you know, schools or universities, they all got a certain amount of money in order to push a narrative. And that narrative for our case was the COVID vaccine. And it sounds like everybody got $50,000. Every group got $50,000. I know. You should have got $50,000. Uh, but the idea was that that fifty was supposed to go towards education in your facility. So, you know, uh, posters up at the universities. And... From what we can tell, yeah, they probably spent a little bit of money on that, but a lot of that stuff was pocketed by probably admin. And so I question everything now, uh, seeing how all that, that worked out. And even in Alberta, I know uh, we had a $15 million COVID uh, education budget is what it was. So you name billboards, radio ads, TV ads, all that stuff, $15 million, which sounds like a lot to the average person. But $15 million with the amount of advertising that we saw, that was over $100 million just in Alberta, right? And where did that money come, come from? Well, that probably came from the feds promoting or pushing their agenda. And so the idea behind the Alberta Prosperity Project is if we see these sorts of things, we want to educate Albertans as to here's an option for us to get the feds out of our, out of our lives because... The more you're governed, uh, the worse off you're going to be. And the idea is that Alberta should be uh, as prosperous as possible. And, you know, we don't want the government to come in and tell us how to use our natural resources. If we've got gas and, and uh, oil and other um, uh, rich commodities, us as Albertans should be able to say this is how we want it used and not be dictated to as uh, from the feds. So that's kind of where we are with APP. I'll be honest with you, what you guys said, I'm, I'm so happy to hear. I'm not a big fan of, uh, 
Alberta, which is I uh, I signed in. I used to get the uh, emails and stuff before, and I know Alberta been abused uh, for the past twenty five years. Living here or twenty three years, I feel yeah. we're abused. Even when we go for the federal election, yeah. before even we hit our ballot, whatever those guys, Eastern Canadian, decide to put the prime minister, doesn't matter what kind of color we choose, blue or red, they determine yeah. our future. Yeah. But uh, my take out on this, I believe in unity. I believe uh, Canada. The way it sits good um, i'm not too sure about probably you guys have more knowledge about that matters than mm -hmm. me and you have more info especially yeah. like you know for me living in this country for 20 years 20 plus years and i seen how bad it's getting you and scott or christopher uh, christopher living or born in this country i'm pretty sure you have your own reason and uh, to stand and to say what you said and stuff but i do believe sometimes it's worth dying for what you believe Sometimes mm -hmm. very important to fight and stand for what you uh, committed to do and stand for it. And um, I can't take this straight away from you. And uh, I believe as a Canadian uh, who came to this province in 2001, I uh, consider it home. My kids live here. They don't even speak the native language. And I'm so happy to be a part of the Albertan family. The only concern now I face, and I'm really concerned if Daniel Smith didn't make this election, mm -hmm. honestly, my passport was ready. My wife and my kids were leaving because we I've saw heard like that, I've heard that more than once. Yeah. 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 We were on the go. If Daniel Smith didn't make it because the coincidence we faced in 2015 lot of, taught us a lot, a lot, a lot of lessons. And uh, I hope I hope you guys uh, with the other Albertan, free Canadian, free Albertan, stand up to protect this country and uh, we're not in better shape than any other province we're so rich but they're taking advantage of us and they're abusing us and i'm gonna be honest i wish like uh, eastern canadian because i have family there i have friends they don't even exist they don't believe we exist as alberta they don't believe yeah. something in western canada and yeah. this is a sad reality and all their all our money for the past ages was going in their way and they don't even think of us as people they all think of us as some bunch redneck farmers white, white supremacists yeah, yeah, yeah. and the far right and, and me talking i'm like as a muslim background or muslim person they still don't want to see the sad reality that we are more canadians than anyone else in canada and we stand for canada values and principle i'm really uh thankful that you shed some light uh uh, Christopher, about that matter, because I really like to, to to know more. Maybe one time we'll be chatting together. Absolutely, and you know what? I I agree with what you said there about unity and about uh, what it means to be Canadian. And as ironic as this sounds, one of the reasons why I I've been speaking at Alberta Prosperity Project events for two years now or so, and I and I took on the role of the CEO uh, because I feel so strongly about this. Uh, I don't know if you know this also, but I, I opened my restaurant in Jul in January 2021 against the restrictions, and I didn't close until they threw me in jail and put a chain on the doors of my building. And I, I did that because I remember. just like Alberta within Canada, somebody needed to stand up and speak out against what was going on. So the way I see Alberta is Alberta is we're the province that's a little bit different. We've been stepped on, but we're very resilient. Uh, we have lots of resources. I mean, they, we've been stripped of a lot of them and, and kind of hindered through federal policy, but we can take care of ourselves. And so the way I see it is one province needs to stand up against the federal government and say, no, we're not going down this path. And if you guys want to go down this anti-human, anti-family path, 
we're not going with you. That's what that referendum for me is all about. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it seems to me as though if one province does that, if one province stands up, it will give the other provinces the confidence and the courage they need to also stand up and say, hey, no, Ontario and, and Trudeau, you do not represent our values. You need to get out of our lives and give us our sovereignty back. Very similar to what Quebec did. You know, Quebec said, hey, we're not happy with this situation. They had a referendum. They didn't even win the referendum. But the federal government was forced to recognize their sovereignty. And that's what I want for Alberta. I want Alberta to be the example for the rest of Canada so that everyone in this country can know that if they believe in Canadian values, like what we're talking about, I'm fine with what I'm doing. I'm fine with what you're doing. Let's peacefully coexist. That's Canadian. If you believe in that, you can stand up against the federal government too. And and, and that way we can actually save Canada, not break it up. So uh, anyone that's out there that was, that's, was frightened but when i mentioned alberta independence i want you to understand that that may be the only way to save canada is for alberta to stand up and set the example yeah. that's where i'm at beverly says uh, all the government is doing is making people stand against each other i'm older i'm standing for our children and their future and it's exactly the same thing as as mahmoud was just saying too it it's not only just about being older and wiser but it's also coming from a different country to canada and recognizing exactly what's going on right now. And that's something that a lot of people you know, will always say, oh, there's no way there, that Canada could ever go to war or whatever, because we're all just nice and peaceful and we're, we're, you know, we're, we say sorry a lot. And the issue is, is I've, I've got some concerns that we're almost too complacent as to, uh, oh, it'll never happen here. So, you know, just steamroll right over top of me. And that, that's, that, that's a problem. Definitely a problem. Well, we should be having 2007 when the financial crisis hit everybody except us Albertans. They yeah. felt so safe and secure. And look what happened a few years after. Albertans were, were crying and uh, Ontario, all other provinces, like were prosperous and stuff like this. So mm-hmm. sometime you cannot put your head in the sand and you say, it's away from me. I don't know what's going on. The matters that are taking place as kids and in our school and how they're brainwashing our kids, LGBT is just one of them. There's many things are is taking place in our schools, and we're not paying attention. I love the idea of doing homeschooling, and uh, we did it, but this is not the right solution. Run away from the problem will never fix the problem. In fact, it'll get it bigger, and it will come to a point to defeat you and uh, break you, and that's what happened now. Yeah. As Canadian, as Albertan, and the Canadian Confer, because I do believe in Canada, we need to stand up. We need to unite our forces and let everyone know uh, that we can't let a dictatorship, doesn't matter how smiley his face is, yeah. doesn't matter what kind of color he dress or what kind of socks he wear, he has to listen to the majority, which is us, is the power. We are the people. And what's happening in Canada is a dicta- soft dictatorship. They're, they're, they're abusing us at every level. And uh, we need to stand up. We need to support each other and fight for our freedom in every legal possible way. I heard that Christopher was charged. Many people was charged. According to my lawyer, I just joined the wagon. I could be the first or the second brown people to be charged with this kind of fake charges. Shouldn't call it fake, which is I consider I'm happy about it because this is something I didn't rape no one. I didn't steal no one. I didn't cheat no one. What I did, I took a stand for my kids to be protected 
to be yeah. safe and secure. I lost my history as Lebanese. I don't want to lose my future as Canadian, which is my kids. And those people wanted to take our kids away from us in many different shape and form. And if we let them, they'll do it. Uh, trust me, they will do it. They don't spare any second and they will do it. And they did it to some people before us and they'll do it to us as long as we don't stay on guard and protect yeah. our freedoms the way we're supposed to. I like this HM person. I wish they would just identify themselves. They usually don't. That's comment. why. I know there's there's tons of comments there, and and a lot of there, people. No, are, there was a great there was a great comment, and I wanted to say something about it. Uh, let me just go back. Ah, he she Jay says, I believe in Canada Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and that means you can take your kids and out them into an isolation tank. I'm assuming it says put them into an isolation tank, yeah, so yeah. they never learn about sexual reproduction or gender. Newsflash, take a child, put them on a desert island with a child of the opposite sex and see yeah. how fast nature teaches them about reproduction. This yeah. is something we're hardwired with. We don't need particularly to be taught. And actually, uh, you know, speaking from my own experience, I think it would it's better to learn these things with a partner who you care about than from a teacher showing slides on a wall. That's that part true. of the mystery of growing up and of going through these things is you get to learn these things with somebody that you care about. You know, so this whole idea that uh, parents can somehow prevent their kids from learning about reproduction, uh-uh-uh, nature, nature won't allow it. Nature always, always finds a way, always. Yeah. Nature doesn't allow vacuum. Nature doesn't allow empty space. The place you don't fill, someone else fill. And when there's empty space, it will be filled automatically. I want to make a small like claim here and statement. I hope people will pay attention. As a believer in God, God doesn't make mistake. God, the God doesn't make, human do make mistake. Mm -hmm. And I love the statement when these people like H&M or whatever, M&M, whatever his name is, keep saying the funny part when they make a statement, keep saying your children, thank you so much. Yes, they are our children. They are our responsibility. People like you should stay away from people's or from kids, uh, other ki people's kids, because this is the truth. Yes, they are our kids. We are with them. We cried when they cried. We have, we're happy when they're happy. Any dad on this earth, if you tell him your brother is better than you, he might get a little bit upset. If you tell him your dad better than you, he might get a little bit upset. But if you tell a father your son is better than you, he'll be happy. And no one will be happy for a kid more than his dad or than his mom. I'm not sure. Like I grew up as an orphan. My mom died uh, from my mom's side. My mom died when was I was 11 years old, and we were four brother, for four kids, three brothers and one sister. My dad was an amazing dad. For four years, he stayed as a widow. He didn't want to get married. He tried his best to be a mom for us. He couldn't. He'll never be. And he tried his best. And I'm telling you, and I was the oldest. I could see how much my dad struggled to help us and to feed us and to take care of us. He couldn't. At the end, he went in stress mode because no man could take a role of a woman. But I could tell you one thing. Any woman could take a role of a man because the woman is a source of their humanity. I say it now, I keep saying it all the time, because no way, no way for any man to become a woman. But the woman, anytime she could become a man, she could become a defender, provider, and take care of her kids, her house, and anything of this life. I wish this H, I wish this H and M 
understand the meaning of sacrificing and take that selfishness about how he feel as a person or she or they, because I don't know what their real pronounce is, that about what I want or how I feel, that's what kills the society. Society about the group effort, about the about us working together and doing things together. And as long as we're not doing it, I guess that's why, how we fail and we all fail on that part if we don't yeah. work together. I agree. And you know what? The interesting thing, I was just going to mention this, Carrie. Yeah, exactly. We actually believe the same things for the most part. Whatever side of this we're on. HM says, my kids will learn that there's many paths and everyone deserves to have respect and safe spaces. They also learn that if they're uncomfortable in a classroom, they can stand up and walk out. I don't understand this last part, but I guess compliant children don't learn that they can take away consent. I don't understand what that means. But also HM insinuated that all men are rapists and commit suicide in an earlier comment. So yeah. um, there's obviously been a little bit of conditioning uh, in this individual. But in the in the in the nitty gritty of it, we both love our children. We both want the best for our children, and we both want our children to uh, accept other people. So. I'm going to leave our, I'm going to end our conversation with this person on the things that we agree with, because I'm hoping that at least there's some common ground there that um, we can, we can start, start on, even though I'm very sarcastic and make people angry. <laughs> I, really, often. I, I really want to thank him for watching us, man. He, uh, he must yeah. enjoy the, the show and paying attention to everything uh, you're saying or saying. So that's amazing. Thank you for watching us, H&M H yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, and then the fact that he did say they will also learn if they're uncomfortable in a classroom, they can stand up and walk out. Well, if you watch from the beginning, this is kind of what ended up starting the, the whole conversation about uh, walking out on a pride, that you didn't believe in pride uh, as, as a, a, a Muslim child, and they were taken out of school. And in the end, that was wrong. That's what the school board was saying, is that, no, you can't walk out. You have to be in there watching the pride flag go. So that comment that uh, they will also learn that if they're uncomfortable in a classroom, they can stand up and walk out. You just proved, no, you can't do that because otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation because that's how this whole thing started. Back but even more importantly, yeah, that person just proved that we really aren't as different as what people say Very we true. are. Very true. Yeah. You know, Which uh, is a, that, that's a blessing. That, that, that hater accusations they keep throwing, you know, I'm I'm new to your wagon to be uh, enjoying that accusation because you've been guys accused of that for the longest time. I uh, have the pleasure to meet with a lot of my far right, whatever. I felt them they're closer than any distance they have with any other Canadian. Yeah. And uh, we need to tell each and one of any, anyone out there, I hope they'll come to our protest on September 20 and be open mind. I'll see what we say on every protest. We have six protests took place in Calgary. Never violence broke out. We never said anything bad. In fact, we have some of the LGBT people coming and doing symbols, flashing kids, and doing something improper, and which is, uh, which is okay. Let our kids see the real uh, people out there. Let them learn about the fake love those people keep talking about. They are the same people who accuse in other parts of Canada of being Islamophobic. The second 
we disagreed with them about our kids. They turn out to be the biggest Islamophobic, if there's Islamophobic, because mm -hmm. I don't believe in that quote. And then I know the progressive or the radical left, they keep using it to, to fuel up or engage problems in our societies and stuff. We really invite each and every concerned parent, regardless what you believe, what kind of skin color is, come and protest on September 20. Do not send your kids to school, even if you're a member of the LGBT community, because what we're doing to protect our kids, to protect yeah. your kids, to protect every parent and his choice on how to raise his kids. We're not doing it for political gain. We're not seeking any political party. You know, go out and see what's going on. Call it a family day. Take your kids, enjoy that day. You know what? We're not against anyone. We're not spreading hate. We're not we're not into hate of anyone. And like like I said, everybody want the best interest of the kids, like Christopher said. Uh, our interest is to protect our kids and our children. I hope the message will get clear to every politician out there to know our kids are first interest and we must protect them and we will be there for the for the for them as much as it takes. I agree. So, folks, uh, I know I see a lot of you are kind of giving old HM a hard time there. Why don't you throw him some love while you're at it? Just for fun. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I feel those guys, they're lost souls. They need help. Why don't you go home, each one of us, before you sleep, and pray for them? Because they need our prayer. Yeah. Because I'll be honest it's... with you, Wednesday, you know, I call them, don't misunderstand me, guys. And I want to tell them to say, they are dead people. They will wake up when they die. They're sleeping now. But the sad reality, when they come to that point, they give the lot of breath. They know how wrong they were and in the wrong side they were. But the sad reality is they're not going to be able to correct what they've done through their life. So yeah. now, like, they're sleeping. They don't know. But the second they're going to wake up, when they're dead bodies. And this is a sad reality. And some of them and most of them facing this challenge, I don't care what kind of media we have out there. They're not telling the truth. I hope God will guide them. Doesn't matter what they believe in, but they need to stand for themselves, accept themselves the way they are, because I believe the first one to abuse them is themselves. They're abu abusing themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it continues. They, so, they, so yeah. they, they believe, and it just came up in the comments, they actually believe that because we're religious, and I'm not terribly religious, I'm a Christian, but I'm not a terribly religious person. But they believe that because we're religious, we have are angry towards other people. No, no. My God tells me to love other people as I love myself. Mm. And there's only one other commandment. Love my God and love my neighbor as I love myself. That's it. There's nothing else. It doesn't say be angry at them because they're not like me. It doesn't say shout them down because they're a different gender that is made up and I don't agree with. It says love them, period. So the <laughs> idea that uh, they, they think that we're angry at them. And I know you're you're in the same boat. Um, it, it just boggles my mind. But one thing Carrie and I learned, and we learned this the hard way, is that we could be the best friends with somebody and share amazing times and make great memories and be there for each other. And then something comes along yeah. like COVID or the vaccine or Soji or something like this. And all of the sudden, there were the friendship is gone. The relationship is gone. And this has happened to both of us so many times in the last four years. Mind you, we've made a lot more friends than we've lost, but that is the way it is. Yeah. You know, it's these issues. If if you can't find any common ground anywhere, um, they just divide people. And uh, this is a, it's a good, it's, it's a good kind of example of what we're seeing in the comments. Yeah. Yeah. 
with these people, like the majority of the LGBT, you'll find it special with them because they couldn't accept themselves in the first place. Like, you know, I'm going to be flat bluff about it. They can't accept who they are. They, uh, they keep seeking the change and then the purple color, which is, I don't care what kind of hair color you have or whatever, but they don't know and uh, they never learned how to accept themselves for who they are. And the sad reality when they're trying to push what they believe in into our life, into our kids. They want mm -hmm. us to think what they think. They want us to see what they see. And a lot of them, when you disagree with them, like I said earlier, they keep like they're supporting Muslim, as they said. And some of them I used to know personally. And the second I said, leave our kids alone. And they start like swearing to my God, to my religion, to my faith. They turn out to be the biggest Islamophobic if there is Islamophobic, yeah. the biggest yeah. hater if there is haters. So like these the same people who are accusing ones the freedom movement, they're like bunch of criminals, bunch of this, bunch of racist people. Well, now you speak in the same language, you're accusing others of they used to say it before. So this is a sad uh, truth that we need to pay attention and people need to differentiate between personal opinion about something and different about matters or opinions, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, they're exposing oh. themselves. Oh, not yeah. in a well, actually, yeah, literally and figuratively. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a what a great way to wrap this one up here. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah um, we're, we're hour and twenty two. I guess we're pretty much. Yeah, really. I mean, the the idea was to have Bamud on and talk about the uh, what the march was about, and uh, and obviously we've we've shown the website and it's all across Canada. Please look at it, and uh, if you want to join in the march, we definitely encourage you to to come out. Uh, I guess the other thing is um, if you don't agree with what's being taught in schools, or maybe you just don't know what's being taught in schools. Try and find that out. Talk to your kids, and sometimes it's a difficult conversation to do that. But talk to your kids, and then, you know, if it's something that you don't agree with, take them out of school on the 20th. Because I think if all of a sudden there's a lot of students that are removed, it, the school boards and the government have to, or at least the Alberta Teachers Association, have to at least make, uh, make it aware that this, we need to fix something. And, and maybe they'll actually sit down and actually figure out what needs to be fixed. So I think that would be kind of the goal of the, of the march in itself and, and, and maybe not push any particular agendas and just keep it back to kids. Kids need to be kids and, and teach them reading, writing, arithmetic, that sort of stuff. And, uh, and we don't have to make it so that every single subject is about sex. We were, we, when we were talking with uh, Tash Fishman the other day, it did come up that, no matter what subject you were talking about, whether it was history or math, the, the, the topic would come up, oh, well, you know, we've got one transgender person and two bi people and whatever, and they're all getting into a bus. How many people are in the bus? Why is that even, why is that even brought up as a question? That's, that's, you know, it should just be, let's get back to the, the fruits and the, and the, the apples and the bananas. <laughs> Do it that you know, way. Kerry, I'd like to add one thing, and as an yes. advice as a parent yeah. of five kids, yeah. the main key for us parents is to be part of our kids' life. Yes, that's Especially true. For those busy parents out there, when you come home, if you're a father, your mom, your wife working all day, take that phone away from your hour, from your hand for an hour and stuff. 
try to sit with your daughter, try to sit with your son and listen to them. They pay attention because like I'll tell you personal experience, my daughter would tell me something and next day she'd ask me, oh, did you know what happened? So I, I completely am out because when she was talking to me and was saying, yes, 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 I'm in the phone and I didn't even pay attention to the comment or whatever her request is. And thank God I'm trying to correct myself and I'm trying to figure out a lot of things. Like, you know, my daughter, she, she doesn't have the clue she doesn't need to to come home and tell me that is it possible to have two moms is it possible to have two dads can i replace you with another woman this yeah. stuff should be taught to a girl she's eight years old or six yeah. years old yeah. and this is like as I, as you said indoctrination there's many things that they can place yeah. and some of those teachers are pushing this agenda way beyond uh soggy uh, curriculum or whatever they're trying to to to, to tell them to do some yeah. teachers they're doing their own thing and they're they are willing to do anything to poison our kids' mind and uh, to to make it normal, to make it acceptable in the way they see it right. It's not like about, because I never tell my daughter to have issues with any transgender kids or teacher or person. And like I said, we've been here for 21 years, 23 years. I've seen many of them. We never had issues. Some of them come to my shop. I service them. Some of them used to be very close friends. And, uh, you know, like you guys said, sometimes you have to lose people for what you believe in, and it is worth it. Well said. Well said. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up right now. And of course, uh, thanks to Mahmoud and, and Chris for taking the time out of your Thank busy you. day. And I know I'm actually gonna be at the uh, the Calgary uh, March. Uh, I wasn't really sure if I was gonna be in Vancouver for this March or uh, or for Wednesday for the March. But I'm definitely gonna be in Calgary. So I hope to shake your hand when I when I'm for there. Sure. Absolutely. And um, Chris, are you planning on doing anything for that? Or are you just probably cooking? Working. You're cooking. I'm gonna it's try and go to the Red Deer. Red yeah. Deer one. Okay, that would be good. Yeah. Uh, well, I like can walk again. By the way, can you walk? Yep. Chris has had some uh, leg issues, knee issue, I guess, uh, especially during the rodeo where you were hobbling along. But uh, you're better now. Feel yeah. Weird. I went to the hospital, got an X-ray, got blood tests, and wow. Next day, my knee was good. So obviously, the X-ray fixed it. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well you just never know yeah. never know um one thing i did want to mention um you know we we do these app webinars every wednesday and we usually have new speakers and new information however this wednesday we'll be rebroadcasting this particular uh, webinar and we're gonna have patricia uh who's uh the edmonton uh, i call it per participant as opposed to organizer or a leader or anything like that because of course we we know what's happening with uh tamara leach and uh, chris barber and, and anybody that's called a leader or organizer and this is such a grassroots movement that you know there's it's not really what one particular person you may have had an idea and maybe you you, you do a bunch of different things uh, to to get this march going but it's not just one person so i that's why i'm calling them participants as opposed to being the uh, the organizer or the leader but anyways so uh the, the plan is to have patricia patricia come on um after the webinar and uh she'll give us a little bit of a spiel as to uh how edmonton went and how that march went and so i'm, I'm excited to hear that because it would be great to hear from all across canada and how their marches went and hopefully everyone is safe and and hopefully uh it's all a positive experience there there's good speeches and we get to talk to people 
because that's the whole idea is you can watch stuff online all you want, but you got to get out there and actually talk to people. And, uh, and that's what I even enjoy when we do APP events. Um, it's again, sometimes it's, it's great to, to at least have it broadcast uh, online. Maybe, maybe the events happening at Edmonton and you live in Lethbridge and it's just too far to get to, but I really encourage people to get there and, and participate participate in the events and i know there's going to be a bunch of app events coming out so if you are an app member you will be getting an email probably in the next week if if not sooner saying which events are going to be taking place around alberta and uh, and i know there's going to be more even um throughout the fall and into the winter months so looking forward to that and of course we wouldn't be able to do this without volunteers and uh, and if you do feel like volunteering i do urge you to get back onto the alberta website alberta uh, prosperityproject.com website and uh, maybe sign up as a volunteer or at least go through the contact information and say what can we do in our area in order to get involved with app so so with that again thank you so much gentlemen for coming out this evening and uh, again i will see you mahmoud on uh, wednesday Chris, I have no idea when I'll see you, but chances are it's going to be sooner rather than later. <laughs> You'll see me as soon as you close your eyes, Carrie. You'll be dreaming of me. I know it. Uh, no, thank, that, you, thank you so much for having me, guys. It was a pleasure to, to chat with you and help the message come across. And I hope Canadian, Calgarian will come all together to free our kids from the uh, school ideology taking place in our schools. Thank you so much. Thank you. And everyone, Absolutely. have a great thank night. You. Enjoy the last nice warm day. It's actually the, the weather, I think, is going to be cool and raining on Wednesday. So oh, hopefully wonderful. not. But you know what? You just dress for it. I remember I remember going out on a protest uh, and uh, it was like minus 30. Do you remember that, Chris? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> All right. Well, with that. Now I have, have a cold. Have a, great, <laughs> have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you later.